Um, thank you so much, Robert Feldman and Esther Rose, for talking about um, genetic testing. Um, I hope everyone's having an amazing day. Um, my name is Ariel Redder. I am on the board for the Medical Ethics Society. Um, it's an incredible privilege to introduce our next speaker, Rabbi Ari Leibowitz. Um, for those of you who don't know, Rabbi Leibowitz is the rabbi of Basic Knesset of North Woodmere and um, the director of Smicha here at, um, at YU at Reitz. He previously taught at Landers College for Men and DRS Yeshiva High School. Um, rabbi Leibowitz is probably best known for spreading Torah throughout the Jewish world um, through Shiurim online and live. Um, personally, I've had the privilege of hearing Rabbi Leibowitz here at YU and at Camp Cayley, um, and it's amazing he's able to talk about complex and nuanced issues and present them in a clear and concise way. Um, I want to obviously express a thank you to Rabbi Leibowitz for taking his time out of his busy day, um, and I'm honored to call up Rabbi Leibowitz. Thank you so much, Ariel. Thank you uh, all for coming to uh, learn together. Um, a little uncomfortable speaking about a medical topic in front of Rabbi Tatz. So uh, the good news is that he gets to speak after me and correct any mistakes that I, uh, that I may make. Um, the topic that I was assigned was to speak about uh, contraception in halacha. Now that is a very, very big topic, and I feel that it's like a common thing for speakers to say, I can't possibly cover that topic in the amount of time allotted, but it's like really, really true over here. Um, and there are many ways that one can approach this topic, meaning one can start by just discussing broadly the mitzvah of puravu and why anyone would ever use contraception. Why would that be something that is, uh, that is ever mutter to do? Under what circumstances that would be mutter to do, uh, we're going to leave that to private conversations that people could have with their own more hora. Uh, what, what I'd like to talk about today instead of that is let's work with the assumption that uh, one is using contraception, that one is practicing birth control for whatever good reason they may have. Starting with that assumption, I'd like to talk today about the different types of contraception that are available, what their uh, benefits and drawbacks are, not only medically, but halachically, and uh, without necessarily drawing too many direct conclusions, but just to give like a basic sense of, uh, of what's out there, and a basic sense of the conversation that surrounds these, uh, these different types of contraception. Um, there are basically three categories of contraception. In order to understand that, you need to understand a little bit about how pregnancy works. Uh, the ovaries produce eggs that get released into the fallopian tubes, and it then meets up with sperm that has traveled through the vaginal canal, the cervix, and the uterus into the fallopian tubes. Now, the three types of contraception are, there are three components here. There's the eggs, there's the sperm, and then there's the meeting of the eggs and the sperm. So one type of contraception would be to kill the sperm, ruin the man's fertility, so to speak. The other is to kill the egg, which would, in a certain sense, ruin the woman's fertility. And the, uh, the third type of contraception is just put some sort of barrier in between the sperm and the egg to make sure that they never meet. And if they never meet, then uh, pregnancy doesn't happen. So that is a very overly simplified uh, categorization of the three types of contraception that, uh, that exist. Oh, wow. um, and now I'm really scared. <laughs> three, three types of uh, 
kind of perception that, uh, that, that exists. So there are several halachic factors that need to be taken into account. Um, the primary halachic factor, uh, aside from, as I said before, the issue of whether one should be using contraception at all in the midst of Puruvu and things of that nature, the primary halachic factor in terms of what type of contraception is going to be used is the factor of hashchas zera, the iser of hashchas zera of destroying sperm. The uh, Gemara talks about the concept of niuf biyad uh, as being an, an iser as well as Tashmi bifnim vizorimi bachutz. That for a, uh, uh, we know, we know from, from Chumish, from the story of Yudan Tamar, that uh, the idea of uh, having, uh, regular sexual intercourse up until a point and then ejaculating outside of the woman's body is considered to be highly problematic. And Neof Biyad to just, uh, for one to, uh, to, to, um, uh, cause himself to ejaculate outside of any, uh, sexual, uh, context is also a pretty significant iser. So uh, that's why, even when it comes to testing sperm, uh, there are some places that will recommend, or some postcom that will recommend, uh, when for medical reasons sperm needs to be tested, recommend using what they call a halachic condom, which is the worst branding I've ever heard. I mean, other than a Shabbos mode oven, uh, a halachic condom is a very bad branding of a, of a product because people say, oh, halachic condom must be that halacha allows you to use these kinds of condoms. So, uh, what the halakha condom really is, is that uh, they, they basically take a condom without spermicide uh, in order to, uh, to catch the zera. Um, and uh, that way, it happens in a more natural way, and the zera does not come out, uh, does not ejaculate outside of the context of normal marital, marital relations, um, even though there's uh, no chance of the woman becoming pregnant. Uh, now, you, it is permissible uh, in general, just because this is a question that people ask Rishonim already bothered by. It is, it is permissible for a couple to engage in normal marital relations even though they know that the wife cannot become pregnant. For example, she is pregnant, right? Meaning if a woman is pregnant, a couple can still continue to live uh, in, in a normal way, um, even though, uh, obviously, that's not called Hashchas Azera, even though, obviously, she's not going to become pregnant. Rav Moshe has a tshuva in Avne Ezer, Chelek Aleph, Sin Samach Vav, where he paskins that a man can have tashmish with, uh, with uh, his wife if she has had a hysterectomy, whether, whatever the circumstances were that she had a hysterectomy, but there's no chance that she going to get pregnant, and nevertheless that doesn't answer Tashmish. What all of the issues relating to the different types of contraception revolve around is whether this is considered a normal act of Tashmish, or this is considered something that would not be a regular act of Tashmish, and therefore uh, run afoul of the issues of Hashchas Hazara. Another halachic issue is Sirus. There is an Isra to be Mesares a behema and Kalvachomer a person. To, uh, to, to take away a person's reproductive ability is a significant issue. And then there are health considerations that need to be taken into account. Uh, what the person's uh, reaction to hormones are. Are there other medical conditions that maybe there, uh, there will be risk factors in taking certain types of birth control? How long term is the birth control that they're going to be on for? If it's a short term, they may, the doctor may recommend something different than if it's more long term birth control. And also, uh, you know, sometimes just the nature of 
the woman, if it's the kind of thing where she has to remember every day at exactly the same time to take a pill. So some people are very regimented and are very good about those things, and other people have a more free-flowing uh, personality and will never remember and uh, will cause all sorts of, uh, of, of problems. Um, and then there's staining-related issues and agmas nefesh that that might cause. So it's like a big picture they have to take into account when deciding on what type of contraception to use. So what I'd like to do with the time remaining, I didn't look at the clock when I started. What time do I have until? Who's, who's in charge? Yeah, yeah, okay. So what I'd like to do in the next 20 minutes, this is somewhat ambitious, um, is go through 10 types of contraception and uh, discuss their benefits and their, uh, and their drawbacks. Um, so let's, let's give it a shot. Um, so 10 types of contraception. So the first type is what they call tying the tubes, uh, tubal ligation and vasectomies, which is essentially a surgical procedure that makes it that either the woman or the man will no longer be able to have children. Uh, most of the time it's not tying the tubes, it's really cutting the tubes. That's just the expression that people use. So there is a pasuk in Chumash that a lot of people, for some reason, are not aware of, where the pasuk says, Umauch v'kasus v'natuk v'karus lo sakrivu that you not only are you not allowed to bring an animal as a carbon if it has been uh, if it if it if it has been if its reproductive organs have been destroyed you're not allowed to do it you're not allowed to do that to an animal even a lot of people in COVID bought dogs only to discover that they have a potential isodorice on their hands when it comes to uh, when when it comes to spaying and neutering dogs because even uh, on an animal the Torah says you're not allowed to do something like that so the uh, there, there are broader conversations that happen around this issue, meaning, for example, does the Isser apply to a Nachri, to a non-Jew? It's a machlokas in the Gemara in Sanhedrin, Dafnun Vav, about that. The Beishmuel in Ebna Ezer says that it's still undecided whether that applies to a non-Jew or not. Uh, most of our Chashulchan says, most assume Lakula. Is the Isser of Sirus to do a Sirus or to receive a Sirus? Meaning, for example, uh, someone is a medical student and during their residency, they're doing rounds and every once in a while they offer one of the residents the opportunity to more actively participate in a procedure that's happening. So a lot of times a resident is taken by surprise uh, because uh, the, uh, the doctor says, who wants to, uh, you know, uh, perform this, who wants to snip? And, uh, you know, a resident will uh, be very excited to be able to do uh, a procedure, but a firm resident should say, not me, uh, I'm not interested in doing that, because that would be an Isidar Raisa on the person who's performing such a procedure. To receive such a procedure is a big discussion in Postkin, what the Isidar would be to receive such a procedure. It is an Isidar. The question is what the Isidar is. I was once asked the Shaila, well, probably the craziest Shaila I ever got in my life. I was asked the Shaila from someone, uh, I'm not going to say from where, but from a different country. And uh, the person uh, that, was, that was asking was a Kirov rabbi in that, uh, in that country. And he said the biggest uh, supporter of the, their whole Kirov organization, of the shul, the yeshiva, and everything that they do, is a fellow who came to religion uh, later on in life. And he got really, really excited about learning, and he's really excited about everything, and he kashered his whole house, and everything's really wonderful, except he's married to a non-Jewish woman. Uh, that's the only, the only problem. Now, his wife is very excited about it also. She's also super excited about religion. So that's great. So she's, she's willing to convert. She's willing to uh, be Shomer Torah mitzvahs. Everything's going to be wonderful. But then uh, he realized, or someone told him, yeah, yeah, but you are a Kohen. So uh, if she converts, you're not allowed to marry her because she's a Gioras. 
So uh, we, can't, uh, we can't do anything about that. So one day he was learning Mesachus Yivamas, and uh, he came across what, what he called the heter of a, uh, a Petsua Daka to marry a Giorist, someone who's had a vasectomy to marry a Giorist. We, we often call that not the heter, we call that as the Isser of a Petsua Daka Lovo Bakahal. But uh, I guess everything depends on your perspective. So he said, all I need to do is become a Petsua Daka. Petsua Daka means someone who has crushed or severed testicles. So that's all I need to do. So you might think, well, that sounds awful. But no, there are, there are procedures that are done daily in, the, in every day in hospitals uh, that would render someone potentially a Petsua Daka. So you can go and get a vasectomy. So he thought to himself, here's what I can do. I can go get a vasectomy. Then my wife will be able to convert. Then I'll be allowed to marry Gioris and I'll be able to uh, live happily ever after. So he said, I know that it's usher to do that. But it's also sort to be married to a non-Jewish woman for the rest of my life. And I'm definitely not getting divorced. So given the two options, I'm going to choose one or the other. It seems to me that getting the vasectomy is the better of the two options. He may not be wrong about that, but it's awesome, right? I mean, it's definitely awesome to do. Uh, that was a discussion that we had with many, uh, with many postkin. Now, the... Uh, well, I'd rather not get too deep into that uh, discussion. Bottom line is this is not something that from people do unless there's a medical necessity uh, for something like this to be done. Cirrus for women is also an issue, although it's not the same issue. The Rambam writes in Uchsi Suribiyah, Mesarisus and the Keva, Bein Ba'adam Bein Bashar Minim, Pater, that uh, you're Pater, but that clearly means Pater Aval Asr, that it is Asr to do, whether it's an Isidaraisa or an Isidrabanan, is a significant discussion. But certainly in your typical case, your run-of-the-mill case, a young couple gets married and uh, for whatever reason they're not ready to start having children for another six months or so, this is not one of the options that are on the table. So let's move on to a second form of birth control, and this is the most common one, and that is birth control pills. So there are two types of uh, birth control pills. Some are a combination of estrogen and progesterone, and they come with a placebo week that allows for the shedding of the uterine lining for a woman to get her normal period. So in recent years, uh, doctors have allowed or even encouraged what they call doubling up. Right, that if a woman doesn't want to get her period uh, too frequently or every month, so if she just skips the placebo week and continues on the uh, the active pill, so it will delay uh, her getting her period. They even make birth control pills that are meant to go for three months or so before uh, before you get uh, before the woman will get will get her period. I don't really have a major halachic or hashkafic problem with that, meaning there's no mitzvah to become a nida per se. There are dinim once a woman is a need of what you have to do and what you're not allowed to do, but uh, it's not necessarily problematic, although practically it can come uh, with, uh, with staining problems that can cause a certain amount of agmas nefesh. And it doesn't have to be in a pill. It'll also come in a patch or a ring. Um, the other type of birth control that is just a progesterone-only pill, and it can come as a pill or even an injection, and it doesn't have a week off. And uh, th- these are the pills that they normally give to nursing women and often will lead to much more intense staining problems. So some women who can't handle the first type of pill can handle the second type of pill, meaning sometimes they have problems with the estrogen but not with the progesterone and therefore they're able to take that second type of pill. Now the practical benefits of birth control pills is that they are extremely effective. It's uh, over 99% uh, effectiveness if you take them religiously. It doesn't affect intimacy in any 
any way. It doesn't affect the normal uh, relationship. Uh, a woman could stop taking them and get pregnant whenever she wants. As soon as she stops taking them, you don't really. There's no waiting period that you need to uh, to go through. Um, it can make her periods lighter. It can take away some of the symptoms associated with menstruation. So there's there are enormous benefits. The practical drawbacks is that uh, first of all, it costs money. Okay. Uh, well, second of all, you need to be very religious about it and on a schedule. Meaning religious, not I don't mean religious. I mean you need to be very uh, regimented about it uh, and really on a schedule. Um, also, some women react very badly to the hormones. It could cause headaches and nausea and mood swings and lack of sexual desire, other things, physical changes, vomiting, staining, you know, things of that nature. So a person has to uh, figure out whether uh, it, 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 works, it works for them. Um, Sometimes switching to a different pill that will have a different ratio of estrogen to progesterone will minimize some of those problems. Um, and usually those problems go away after a few months on the pill. So doctors will usually encourage to stick it out for a while, meaning not to just give up after the first month when you're, when you're having problems. But if a woman has liver disease, high blood pressure, migraines, breast cancer, so then uh, doctors will, uh, will usually say not to use uh, the pills. Now, halacha, as far as halacha is concerned, Almost all poskim, almost all poskim say that this is by far the most preferred method of birth control. In Shlonarach, in Ebna Ezer, Simon Hay, Shlonarach says, V'ishamu teres lishtos ikrin kedele sarsa ad shalotelid. That a woman is allowed to ingest something that will make her unable to have, uh, to have children. And the Beis Shmuel explains that Sirus Nekeva is only in Isidrabar, it's Patravalasar, but it's only going to be Asar when it's done bimaisa, when there's an actual direct maisa of, uh, of, of, of Sirus. So the uh, Gemara in Yevamas tells us that Yehudis debitu drabichia havalatzar leda that Yehudis debitu drabichia had the wife of Rabichia had certain pain and uh, trouble with leda. So uh, the Gemara tells us that uh, she's not mitzuva and puruvu, um, and uh, the uh, and and therefore she was able to take some uh, some type of uh, of uh, birth control. Now the uh, the 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 uh, on the Shulchan Aruch. And you don't even need to have tsar in order to be matimit. However, of Shachter Shlita, our great Rabbi of Shachter Shlita, quotes some achronim are machmir to only allow that koshal ikrin when there's some sort of great tsar. Um, similar to like the gather that you would have for taking medicine on Shabbos when you're a chalashayin basakana, where we would wave the Isr drabanan in a situation of cholvi. So there needs to be some level of, uh, of tsar. Uh, the, uh, for a woman to take the pill is usually considered, like I said, the very best form of birth control. But Rav Shechter writes in the name of the Torah's Chesed, Milublin, that since Debitu Drabichia only drank it for medical reasons, somebody who does so for non-medical reasons may be in violation of Chavala. I remember I once had Rav Shechter speak in my shul when everyone we started as a very young shul. Everyone was in their 20s or early 30s. And uh, Shafter came for a Shabbos, and he gave a, sh- a women's share on Shabbos afternoon. And I asked him to speak about family planning, because that was something that everyone was 
dealing with at the time. How large a family, how much space in between family, between uh, one child and the next. And at some point he said, yeah, and taking uh, birth control pills is a, like a temporary form of serous, so you shouldn't take any birth control pills. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking at a room full of women that are all taking birth control pills. And uh, Roshetta said that. So uh, the Rebetzin said, Heschel, how could you say something like that? All these women are taking birth control pills. So, uh, so Roshetta said, oh, they should ask their local Orthodox rabbi. So uh, that didn't help. Um, similar to the birth control pill, um, by the way, birth control pills, uh, um, uh, often Shilas that come along with it is taking it on Shabbos. Is it a violation of taking medicine on Shabbos? So typically we are makel with that because it doesn't cure any illness or anything. It's what we would call a Michael Briam. It's something that healthy people take. Uh, our postcom, our postcom here in Yeshiva are makel on swallowing those pills on a fast day, even though there are those that are machmir. If you look in Nishma Savram, there are those that are machmir about that and suggest other ways of ingesting it, but we're not going to get into that right now. Then there's a third type of birth control called a NuvaRing. A NuvaRing is essentially the same thing as a pill, except you don't have to remember to take it every day. It's inserted vaginally and it has uh, practical benefits. You don't have to remember. The side effects could sometimes be, be somewhat muted because the hormones are more steadily released. And it also you don't have to go, it doesn't have to go through the digestive system, so you run, you don't, you don't run into problems on that level. Uh, the practical drawbacks are the same as pills. Um, the halacha, uh, the only halachic discussion about a NuvaRing that differs from a, from a pill is issues of chatzitza and the mikvah. That uh, does it need to be removed when a woman goes to the to the mikvah? Our poskim here in yeshiva, Rav Willig, uh, Rav Sablavsky, Rav Shachter, um, all say that if a woman goes to the mikvah with the nuvering in, the tevila works. Uh, Rav Willig and Rav, and and, and uh, Rav Sablavsky uh, suggest that she remove it lechatchila before going to the mikvah. Rav Shachter was not convinced that even that needs to be done. Uh, so it's uh, sort of like a set it and forget it kind of birth control, meaning it's not something that she has to remember. She can just put it in and just uh, leave it there. A ne- the fourth type of birth control is a condom. Um, the practical advantages of a condom is that it's cheap, it's easy to use, it prevents STDs, you don't need any medical treatment. Practical disadvantage is that even though it should be foolproof, there is a 10% failure rate, uh, either from tearing or because people don't know how to use it. Um, that's why they always add spermicide to the condoms to, you know, sort of give a little extra level of uh, protection. Supposedly, it minimizes Hanaz Tashmish. The real disadvantage is halacha, that almost all posts can view a condom as a violation of being mashluch zera al eitzim va'avanim, as uh, wasting the, uh, the zera and destroying the zera, and therefore, al pipshu it's an Iser Daoraisa of Hashkasas Zera. And that's the Shita of many of the great poskim um, throughout, throughout the ages. There are two sort of more extreme Shitas in poskim that sometimes are, it's important for a posik to be aware of. Um, some poskim go so far as to say that Tashmish with a condom is not even considered an act of Tashmish. That it's so much Hashkaz Zera that you can't even call that Tashmish Amita. It's not even considered halachically sexual intercourse. Rav Hankin was of this opinion, and this applied in cases where Lo'aleinu, uh, a woman was unfaithful to her husband, where the halacha is that Mita Araisa, she becomes Asura Leboel and Asura Leba'al. She's not allowed to go back to her husband, nor to continue to live with the man that she uh, had the relationship with. So there was a suggestion that maybe if the cheating happened with a condom, so then it didn't count as an act 
of actual tashmish, and would not make her a surah and therefore the therapist who's working uh, with the couple may still try to salvage the marriage. Not so clear that, uh, that that's true or that we accept that in any which way. There may be other kulas, but not for, not for right now. The other extreme view is uh, Rav Moshe and Ebn Ezer Chelek Aleph Simsamach Gimel quotes that Rav Chaim Ezer thought that condoms are a natural form of Tashmish and therefore it's mutter just like having Tashmish with a pregnant wife. Um, Rav Shachta points out that if you look in Achiezer, in Chel Gimel, Simon Chavdal, at Osei, he's clearly dealing with a case where it would be dangerous for a woman to get pregnant. Only then do we say that they can, that they, that potentially, uh, they can use a condom according to Chaim Ozer. Um, the, uh, so if it's dangerous, so then you ask Shailos. I mean, sometimes if, uh, someone is on chemotherapy and it could be, it's, uh, literally poison, it could be extremely dangerous. So there may be certain, uh, kulas that the postkin may have depending on how long a time period it's going to be, uh, depending on whether there are other options and some of the other, uh, factors that may, uh, that, that may come into, into play. Um, the, uh, a fifth type of, uh, oh, running out of time, a fifth type of, uh, of birth control, um, is a diaphragm, which is a, uh, uh, like a little saucer that's made of soft silicone, and you bend it in half and insert it inside the vagina, and it covers the cervix. And it's a barrier that covers the cervix that stops the sperm from joining an egg. And it works best together with spermicide, because sometimes sperm can uh, get around it. And it should be left in place for six hours after Tashmish, and then it gets washed with soap and water. Now, the practical advantage is, if uh, you want to get pregnant, you could just stop using it, and then you'll be able to get pregnant. It doesn't affect the body's hormones at all, uh, and it could be used while breastfeeding. Um, the disadvantage is that people very often don't know how to use them, so the effective rate is only about 75%. Um, also, they can cause urinary tract infections, other things. Um, it could, if a woman has a weight swing, gains a lot of weight, loses a lot of weight, it may not fit uh, as well. So the halachic background to, uh, to using the diaphragm is, um, again, somewhat uh, significant. Uh, Rav Shechter is pretty makele with it. He thinks that it's better than using a, a moch, which the Gemara speaks about, I'm not going to get into what exactly a moch is, uh, but chaznish was only makele when it's dangerous for the woman to be pregnant. A sixth type of birth control, and I'm running through this, is uh, spermicide. Spermicide is a foam or a cream that a woman applies and is designed to immobilize sperm. Uh, the disadvantages, I'm going to skip the advantages, disadvantages it's using is that it doesn't work. Uh, so that's the, uh, um, it, most often it doesn't work because people don't know how to use it, but the bottom line is it doesn't work. So uh, that's a significant disadvantage. Rav Moshe writes that if it's uh, dangerous, for her to become pregnant, it's also to use spermicide because it's very ineffective, meaning the fact that it doesn't work can make it an isser, meaning if a woman really shouldn't become pregnant, then she should not rely on spermicide because if it's dangerous, then you're taking your life in your hands or, uh, and, and you're, not supposed to, you're not supposed to do that. Um, so I, I don't think it's, it's Kedai too. I had a Talmud recently that came to me and told me that he and his wife were advised by the doctor to use spermicide. I just said, okay, just be prepared to become pregnant and Malzatov nine months later <laughs> they, uh, uh, so I guess they shouldn't have been on birth control anyway Baruch Hashem they were able to handle having a uh, beautiful baby um, a seventh type of birth control is an IUD now this is a very popular type of birth control it's a small plastic device um, sometimes quarter with cup they still make cup 
Yeah. Sometimes coated with copper, it's inserted deep into the uterus uh, by a doctor in order to prevent pregnancy. Um, it, it was unclear for a while exactly how it works. Either it prevents the fertilized egg from implanting in the uterus. Others assume that it somehow interferes with fertilization, not with implantation. Um, some IUDs create progesterone. That's what they call the Mirena uh, IUD. And that can cause spotting for many, many months after a woman starts using it. Copper one also causes spotting for the first few months and can also cause prolonged periods. The, the benefits are if you need long-term birth control, it lasts for years, and it's, a, it's just about as effective as abstinence, which is like 100% effective. Um, it it uh, doesn't interfere with, uh, with Tashmish in any way, um, and you don't need to do anything right before Tashmish. One of the drawbacks of the diaphragm is that people find it like... Uh, as a, you know, to use a, ter- a mood killer, you know, as uh, Tashmish is a bit, to, to have to remember to insert it. So, uh, the IUD, you don't have that problem, but it can cause, uh, um, certain problems with, uh, inflammation of the pelvic area. Um, it has to be inserted by a doctor. Sometimes there are side effects, things of that nature. Um, now, the normal concerns that you would have with birth control of Ashkasa Zera and uh, Mitzvah's Ona and Sirus and things like that are all not a problem when it comes to the IUD. Dayan Grasnas in his Chuvaslev Aryeh in Chelek Simentes points out that even though the purpose of the copper is to disable the Zera, it's not considered Ashkasa Zera because it's after the sperm has already entered the uterus. And at that point, there's no further Isser of Ashkasa Zera. Um, and since you don't feel it at all, it doesn't detract at all from mitzvah's ona. Um, so uh, it doesn't seem that it's a uh, that it's that it's a real a real problem. It's also not a problem of uh, of sirus. The question of how it works may relate to attitudes toward abortion. That's where Rav Sturmbach is concerned. Rav Sturmbach is concerned that if it uh, if if it's the implantation that it interferes with and not the fertilization. So to prevent a fertilized egg from implanting properly in the uterus may be a very very early form of uh, of abortion. Again, I think the majority of poskim are uh, are not so concerned about that. Um, the eighth type of birth control is what's called the morning after pill. Um, so the morning after pill is if a couple didn't uh, use birth control and then they realize afterwards so uh, that that's something uh, that that they uh, that they can't get pregnant and they only caught it or rahman al tslan if uh, if a woman was uh, was raped so uh, she doesn't want to be pregnant from that so there are basically three approaches rav mordechai Eliyahu uh, asked rav Bernstein from achon pua to clarify the Matthias, and once he did rav mordechai Eliyahu paskin that it could be used if either she foolishly attaches without thinking of the consequences because the pill doesn't uh, really abort the baby, it just prevents fertilization of the egg, and the event that fertilization already occurred, it prevents implantation, which doesn't think is abortion either. Um, some say that even though there's no Isser Hapala, it should only be taken in extreme cases, like cases of rape, because of the concern of Hashkasa Zera, that there may be Hashkasa Zera issue. And then a third approach Rav uh, Zilberstein has in Shire Torah Lerofim and Chelek Dalid, that he thinks it's a Shiloh of abortion, and it can only be done when uh, the mother's life is in danger. Again, you ask a posik if uh, something were to come up like that, I think if you ask the poskim in our yeshiva, you'll find uh, that they are uh, on the more makel side of things when it comes to uh, these kinds of shilas. And just very quickly, since I'm a minute over time, the, la- the last two, the uh, last one really, I mean, the, yeah, I'll mention the last two. last two are uh, safe days. 
you know, the net can only be fertilized uh, within 24 hours of ovulation, and the sperm can live for about 72 hours. Um, so if you refrain from Tashmish, starting 72 hours before ovulation until 24 hours after ovulation, a woman won't become pregnant. So some couples will just figure out when the ovulation is going to be, and just not have Tashmish then, meaning there are only three, four days out of the month where she can even become pregnant anyway, and they can avoid Tashmish. The reason that that is not a great form of birth control is that it is by far not at all idiot-proof. Um, and, uh, you know, people very often end up with a pregnancy when they think they did the cheshben right. Uh, then you have to question whether it's better to delay tevila in such cases. And then the final form of birth control is not really a form of birth control at all. There are people that believe it is, and that's uh, when people wash out after Tashmish. Won't do anything. So uh, it may be Ashkazazera, might be an issue, but, uh, but there's not gonna, it certainly is not going to prevent any uh, form of pregnancy. So this is just a half-hour presentation of a huge, huge topic, just to give a sense of what is out there. But, uh, you know, if uh, anything obviously comes up Lemaisa, at least now you have a little bit of a sense of, uh, of what is out there. I wish everyone an enjoyable day of uh, great learning from uh, the wonderful scholars that are here. We're going to take a quick three-minute break now, stretch your legs, and then we'll pick it back up in, uh, at one twenty. Perfect. And do you want a standing mic? Or do you want a standing mic? Okay. Yeah, I'm recording here, so I can do that. I'm recording on my system. Okay, fine. So I'll, I'll leave it around. And oh, you want those there for the mics? Yeah, yeah. No, I can. I can put the mic just on the bottom there, on the center. I can lay one mic on the bottom of the center. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I just had a mic for the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah.